0: I'm Molly O'Connor and I'm Sarah Connell-Panthers and you're listening to pop This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. Hello Sarah. Hello. We're getting out of character today. I was gonna
1: say maybe we could call this episode like sports? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um but we're gonna kind of talk about the Super Bowl but not really in a way that has to do with the actual Super Bowl game because it's exciting because it's It's a, it's a social event. Yeah. But, um, this year there's just like a few things to look forward to, but also there's been some news recently in the world of football that is pertinent. Is that a good word to like real life things?
0: Yeah. Well, I think we've been talking a lot about racial relations in this country for the last couple of years in particular, and it sort of hit a boiling point across America. And people are feeling more free to have conversations about race and racial inequity. And in the NFL this week, they're facing huge, huge. Accusations.
1: Accusations. Yeah. Um, I think in addition to even go further than like just having the conversations, I think people feel more confident in taking action like legally or otherwise that maybe wouldn't have uh like teeth. What's that? Or had teeth. Yeah. Or um, I think in the past when people would do stuff, people would say, oh, that's just like you're being sensitive, or, you know, you are trying to have revenge on a like a bad workplace or something like that. Whereas now we hear these things, or at least maybe some audiences do, and they think, huh, maybe that actually is a problem with this system. Um and the NFL has had problems, but I think that this is one of the first times outside of like the Colin Kaepernick situation where someone is taking legal action, which is crazy.
0: Yeah. And I guess I didn't understand how much of this is outside of the legal sphere and sort of in the public court of opinion until I talked to friend of the show, Anne (laughs) Conroy. She just started her clerkship in the Southern District of New York, where the case we're going to talk about today is being tried. And so I said, hey, do you have any inside (laughs) scoops? And she was like, well, I just read the brief and some things I'll say is like there's so much in the brief, particularly in the beginning, where it's not any sort of detail that a judge would be interested in. It holds no like legal weight in court. It's not important to a ruling or a decision, but it's really going to appeal to the American public like they immediately quote MLK. Um, Mm -hmm. They compare the NFL to a plantation. Yeah, that. One, I think that was like and that's
1: what the headlines all are right yeah. that's what like if you were to just like go to um, like a news feed covering this story that would be there would be a series of headlines that point that out in particular um, and it is interesting because I think I have to imagine that the reason for including those things is to then kind of attempt to put some kind of pressure on either the defendants in this case the NFL Because the court, like you said, it has no legal standing. So it's either to put pressure on them to like settle or whatever it is. Like you can't externally influence really,
0: right? So it's like. Right. And that's why I think they're looking for dialogue to come out of this more than anything. Yeah. But I was disappointed from what I understand. The NFL responded almost immediately and said, These accusations hold no water.
1: That's what I was trying. Yes, I was like, "What's that
0: phrase? (laughs) Like, there's a hole in the bucket." Um, Yeah, and like legally, that might be true, but if I was the NFL, what I would say is like, "We recognize we have made mistakes. We're going to try to do better." And that's not what they said. Or
1: just say like, "We will deal with this in a court of law." Like you, right? Like just be like, "Oh, we take these. We take this seriously." You don't even have to say we didn't do it or we did it. You can just say, "Oh, we take these accusations seriously, and we will hash it out." Right? Right. Um, and it it is the case that, at least from what we can see, and it you know I'm not I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an attorney, <laughs> but it looks like there is, and I don't know how relevant it will end up being to the case, but it does look like Brian Flores, who is the gentleman who is suing the NFL, is bringing at least some clear evidence of like communications. Like I said, some of which I think are probably more relevant to the case itself than others, but it's not like he's coming in with nothing.
0: Right. And I think the American public is going to be very compelled, even just on a pop culture note by a lot of the evidence he's bringing to the table yeah. because they're familiar names, Bill Belichick, John Elway John Elway is huge. I'm yeah. not a football fan, but I know who those men sure, are. Right? You know?
1: And so Brian Flores was the coach for the most recently, the coach for the Miami dolphins. He was let go which is very common in the NFL, to be clear. There is a day, uh, the the Monday after like the the regular season of football ends is called Black Monday sometimes because so many coaches get fired. If mm-hmm. you didn't make the playoffs, people just wait. Like they'll just, people, people, this is something people bet on as part of like football culture is like, who's going to get fired? How soon are they going to get fired after the season ends? Um, and so that in itself is not, a rare occurrence like oh he got let go even if you do have so he the, I believe two of the three seasons he coached there were technically winning seasons but even if that's the case if you're not there's making a the lot playoffs, of turnover if not, right if you're not making the playoffs you're not
0: succeeding in certain ways they will get rid of you but when you crunch the numbers it's a lot more of the black coaches mm-hmm. that experience this high turnover than the white coaches and so there's only one head coach in the NFL right now who yep. is black and they've tried to remedy this in some ways with something called the Rooney Rule, which has been around for like two decades. But I was wondering if you could explain it in normal people terms. Yeah, I mean, so, non-football fan terms. I
1: believe it, I believe it's called the Rooney Rule because of Art Rooney, who was um, one of the owners of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well,
0: consequently, that's the only team that has a black coach
1: right now. It is interesting, right? And so, yes. So I get confused sometimes because sometimes I have to stop and remember because the Rooney's own the Steelers and the Maras own the Giants.
0: Wait, like Rooney Mara? And they are
1: both. Yes. And Rooney Mara and Kate Mara are descendants of both families. Oh. That is why her name is Rooney Mara because her name is Patricia Rooney Mara.
0: And Rooney Mara is famously <laughs> the partner of Lucky Phoenix. Lucky. Um,
1: but so I always have to stop and try to remember which one goes with which team. But mm-hmm. Art Rooney, I don't know exactly how it, how it started. I think maybe like obviously I'm speculating because um, I know the rule, I know it exists, but I think maybe he pushed for it, and that's why it's called that. But the rule basically says that you have to interview a certain number of coaches of color, particularly black coaches, I believe, in order to make a hire. Of a head coach. Yeah,
0: I just pulled it up and it's only one. It says all teams must give at least one interview to a minority, <laughs> minority candidate. Ooh. Before making a head before coaching Before making a hire, hire. Yes. which is key.
1: Yep, and so it is, yes, it is a minority, meaning, you know, generally people of color. Right. Or maybe a woman. <laughs> I wonder, yeah. Um. Another thing I will say is, so one thing that is coming up in this case in particular is that um, Brian Flores, who is black, alleges that he was interviewed by John Elway for the position of head coach of the Denver Broncos John Elway and um Joe Ellis is it Joe Ellis I guess yeah he's the CEO of the Broncos Yes, and so he was interviewed by them and he he alleges that they were like hung over at the interview late gave him softball questions like just you know things that signify that it's not an interview that's been being taken seriously so Brian Flores is not the first I don't think I don't know if any one person has come out and said that that's the case, but it's been speculated for many years that that is how most teams operate in
0: their implementation of the Rooney Rule. We would call it like a courtesy interview. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it, it seems to be, it seems to happen often. And like Sarah said, when there are white coaches who have losing seasons or, you know, don't meet certain standards, like, yeah, they do get let go. Maybe they get a couple more years though. Maybe they get contract extensions where you would think where someone else might not. Uh,
0: It says in the 20 years since the Rooney rule was passed, 15 head coaching positions have been filled by black candidates. During that time, there have been approximately 129 head coaching vacancies. Only 11% of head coach positions have been filled by a black candidate in a league where 70% of the players are black. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's something too that shows up with quarterbacks as well yeah
0: and that's I was reading about that that's
1: changing that seems to be changing um I think just as younger people are playing football mm-hmm. it just seems like more like kids and teens who are black are becoming quarterbacks but but it's not that they didn't exist it's not that they just didn't exist before but you could look at the league and you could see like you were saying it's a league that's 70 percent back and you can look at the league and you could look at team lineups if you were to kind of sketch it out you would just see a a bunch of white quarterbacks and
0: maybe one or two black quarterbacks. And the assumption is that it's a more intellectual position on the field. And so there was some clearly racist ideals going on
1: Sure, and that. And that's a systems thing, again, where it's not it's not that like, yeah, maybe there was one really talented black quarterback who made it super far. And they say, oh, well, he's as good as the other players. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas like maybe there were other others who were just as talented who were told no you're you're just not, you're a, not quarterback. a quarterback in peewee football even exactly you know what i mean yep. it, and that's something exactly that's it goes down to the beginning or even like peewee in high school they might just be told you know what i think you're a running back i think mm-hmm. you're a wide receiver i think you can run i think you can do this and so right it's a it's very much a systems issue so
0: in the the class action suit Flores says that there was no substance to the interview with John Elway. It was clear to him that it was a sham. Um he calls both of these interviews sham sham interviews and that one was in 2019. The one that's more recent is more interesting to us I think just cuz we're New Englanders, <laughs> yes. but it happened in 2021 and it was <laughs> it wasn't even he wasn't even applying for a job with the Patriots, right? No.
1: It had nothing to do with that. He was he applied for the the Giants' head coaching position, but you know, I think I think it's assume that it's kind of like a courtesy a lot of the time, right? For other coaches, maybe that maybe you play their team often, or that you interact with a lot, or if you like ever work for this person, to just send
0: a text or and be something. like, "Hey, man, congratulations! Yeah. I heard you got the gig." So that's yep. what, exactly what Bill Belichick does when he hears that Brian got the gig, but he's thinking of brian dabball d-a-b-o-l-l yeah. the bills of offensive coordinator mm-hmm. who has not yet interviewed for the job but bill belichick has heard has received the position yes and
1: brian flores worked for the patriots for many years and so like it would make sense that bill belichick would be like oh one of my guys right like Great. let me text Good him. for you Congrats. yeah there's been conspiracy theories that- and I'll get in just one. And it's just silly, but we'll get into it. So, yes.
0: So, basically, he says,
1: congratulations, Brian. I heard you got the job. That's great. He thinks he's
0: texting yes. Brian Dabal, who got the job without interviewing. Mm-hmm. But he's actually texting Brian Flores, who had one of these sham interviews for the position. His interview hadn't even happened yet. Wait. Brian Flores' yes, interview he hadn't said, happened? Yes. He said,
1: oh, coach, thanks. Um, I'm interviewing Thursday. And they had
0: already given the job away? Or at least informally, right? Right, or where like not, Bill or Belichick yeah. had that so, info. So
1: verbally, clearly, people knew. But then that just gives more evidence that it was going to be a sham interview, oh right? Oh
0: my gosh.
1: So it's like, you can say, you, you can say with the other one, like, there is a lot of evidence in their behavior, in like Elway and Ellis's behavior that indicates that. I, I mean, I don't know if there's any like proof of that, right? That's going to be something that might be harder to prove in a court of law. Mm-hmm. Like, John Elway could be like, I'm sorry. I was tired that day. Like, you know, I don't know. Is there proof of that? Whereas in this case, I think having, (laughs) having been told by another coach in the NFL who like, I would assume is gets access to that type of information. Oh yeah. Congratulations. Like someone got the job. Right. And then knowing that you haven't even gone for your interview, I feel like that would hold up. They could be like, yeah, this is clear (laughs) evidence that they did not Take this seriously. Right. right. In no way was I considered for the job. And so is it a pattern? I guess is the question. But there's someone on Twitter was like, and, you know, people just like watch on just these funny sports guys. Someone on Twitter was like, Belichick notoriously hates when like guys that work for him take people with them. Ooh. He And they're like, he thinks that you should build up your own staff. And so then someone was like, yeah, he did that on purpose to him. He was like, <laughs> like, you know. I don't think that that's real, but I thought it was kind of funny where they're just like, well, he doesn't like when people do that. And Brian Flores like took some of his guys. And so he was just like playing around with them. And I was like, oh, yikes. Again, I don't think that's
0: real. But did you say that he used like an inordinate number of exclamations?
1: Yes. I can't believe I forgot. (laughs) Um, If any of you guys haven't yet seen those texts, they're literal screenshots. And if you I think most of our listeners are New Englanders. And I think a lot of people tend to know Bill even outside just because he is very successful and a weird guy. Um, But, you know, he comes across as so, like, stoic and, like, just, like, kind of doesn't have time for flair, right? Like, Like, he's not scrolling Instagram. And so in these texts, there's, like, I I described it as, like, a millennial amount of exclamation points. (laughs) There's kind of that meme, right, where we're, like, oh, I I can't send an email without, because I just think I don't want someone
0: to think that I'm, you know, right. whatever. Losing my mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There were a lot of a, a surprising amount of exclamation points for the author allegedly is because then I was like, did so, did he hand his phone to someone else? <laughs> like, does this grumpy old man really text like this? Who yeah. knew? Right. But anyways, I'm very interested to see the developments in it. I think that regardless of whether it is a successful lawsuit, like in a court of law, I think that I think it's a really important step for someone to actually say like, "Hey, like," or someone to actually put them up against a real consequence,
0: right? Yeah, and say like, "Uh, uh guys." <laughs> and you mentioned Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. I recently I was talking to my students about advertising, and I used him as an example. Yeah. And they didn't know who he was. Now they're twelve and thirteen. So if you think about it, even if they were football fans, what has he been out of the league five years?
1: Yeah, maybe longer. I would say five ish. Five sounds right. Was it twenty twenty two? might be even more than that.
0: And so to me, he's this black icon mm-hmm. who has stood for what he believes in, yeah. and he played he in a Super Bowl. Career. Yeah,
1: he took he. Played pretty well in a Super Bowl. (laughs) Like, that's not nothing, right? Yeah,
0: but he gave up his livelihood to stand up for what he believes in. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's a pretty amazing feat. This is the first comparable step, I would say, in the NFL that I've seen since Colin Kaepernick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And not only did Colin Kaepernick, he did what he thought was right and was, I mean, some people, racist people will say, well, he obviously just wasn't good enough. There are some quarterbacks who have played in the past few years who, like, obviously weren't good enough. That's beside the point. Um, but it was found like Colin Kaepernick also sued the league in specific teams because he basically was like, Hey, you guys were like conspiring to keep me
0: off of keep me mm-hmm. out of football, and basically, which was a victory. For, his you know. egregious crime was kneeling during the, the national, national anthem, anthem. Yes.
1: and then also and then and talking like talking about Mm -hmm. it. Right. And that seems to happen. That's another thing though, with football where 70% of the league is black. You have to imagine that most football fans, just looking at the demographics of the United States are not black just statistically. Right. And so this tends to happen to black players. I think particularly NFL players who do talk or just like who act in a way that some people think they shouldn't. Richard Sherman um, is a played for the Seattle Seahawks still play actually he must be old though but he a few years ago people got mad at him because he celebrated like too much and in a way that people thought was like bragging
0: and it was like relax was it was he like dancing was he screamed he screamed a lot
1: um he's loud right and and i want to be like guys this person plays a game for a living (laughs) yeah and also but also a a part of it was is he was like and he kind of spoke to him where it's like you think that i'm just like an angry black guy Right, and so this tends to happen where these players feel, like get punished sometimes in a, in the way that Colin Kaepernick did, where it's like they can lose their job. Or, you know, be kept out of it. But sometimes it's just in the court of public opinion. People are like, oh, we don't like him anymore because of this thing
0: he did that is really not a big deal in the scheme of things. And when we think about decorum, I even I told you I've been watching all the episodes of Top Chef. <laughs> yes. Last night, there were two chefs that made soul food. And the challenge had been to make a high end elevated dish. And the judges said, I'm not sure that this is elevated enough. I'm not sure this is high-end enough. And I was thinking to myself, like, basically what you're saying is I'm not sure it's white enough. And I think that goes across all types of culture, including how to celebrate at a football game or be a prestigious NFL professional, you know. Like, even media training, I think a lot of it is, like, how can we conform with white culture and white norms?
1: Even the the challenge itself, though, like, to take – soul food and elevate it
0: um it wasn't whatever. they could make whatever okay, they good. wanted yeah, yeah. i but was like uh, two okay. of the chefs decided just to, to do southern that okay. cuisine then yeah.
1: that feels better
0: yes yes. because yeah. yes. Uh, i was gonna be like what <laughs> um no they were on the top right, of a the mountain and do. they had to cook at elevation so that's why it was all about being elevated but that's besides the point yes. although it was the season in denver and we were just talking to the broncos so you know yeah there you go but the broncos didn't make it into the Super Bowl right they just lost
1: the Super Bowl this year the Broncos I don't know when they lost it's a few weeks ago the
0: Rams versus the Bengals, the Bengals yes
1: so we got Cincinnati oh. but the Super Bowls in LA right it's it's so that would be kind of exciting
0: that is cool yeah although and then, no one's really from LA I shouldn't say no one's from LA the but,
1: team's not even from LA they're yeah. from St. Louis <laughs> like the whole thing is ridiculous
0: but like um, LA is a city made up of a lot of, yeah, a lot of transplants
1: yes and I I have a one of my best friends is a grew up in LA lived in LA forever. Um, and he's always joking because all they care about in LA is the Lakers, Mm -hmm. sometimes the Dodgers. And he was like, I don't know why he's like, they want to bring a football team here. And then they brought a second one. And he was like, we don't need or want (laughs) football teams. Like we're good. Mm
0: -hmm. We have
1: the, like, we're like, we care about basketball. We're good. Like, and that seems to be like the thing there is like, people just don't really, that much, of, like here, here, the, here well, the, the pats are a huge
0: deal, you as know? stereotypical that is as it is. I don't want to be like, I'm a woman, so I don't even care about the game. <laughs> I like the the commercials, the commercials and the halftime show, but uh, as an individual, that is true. I don't yeah. really care. I'm I think like, that's hey, fair. I will, you know, what I'll say what is, what do like, you think of the halftime oh show? Oh my god, I think this
1: is going to be the best halftime show ever. I haven't been this excited about a halftime show in years. Um, if you guys haven't heard, this year's halftime show is Mary J. Blige. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, and Eminem. <laughs> so I already have, I have had so many conversations being like, what are we going to hear? <laughs> is there going to be drama in this dancery? Is like what I need to know, you know? Um, my mom and I, I texted my mom. I was like, did you hear about the halftime show? This is what it is. And she texted back and was like, do you think they'll play next episode? And I was like, I hope so. Which is a song by Dre and Snoop. Because the cool thing about this crew, outside of like Kendrick, who is a more modern artist, um, is that a lot of them have huge hit songs that they did together. Like we do, do? what if they we do do here? Forgot about Dre at the Super Bowl? Like I'm so excited. um i just think it's gonna be really cool i think it's a nice i think it's a cool change of pace i like when they have multiple artists i think that's always fun me too um, right, and like,
0: i like when people surprise you too so i know this yes. is already a big roster but i hope there's a surprise maybe, or two
1: <laughs> maybe there'll be a hologram is what i was gonna say
0: oh maybe you think your be... boy prince is gonna show up <laughs> i don't think prince will that'd be awesome
1: maybe it'll be maybe it'll be tupac again you know it was snoop who brought him out the first time oh that's right um but i think it's really i think it's I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I am definitely looking forward to seeing what happens. I think that also of all those people, there is a wild card there. Eminem could who knows what Eminem is gonna say at any moment of. Are any you thinking day. like
0: he'll implode or he'll impress us?
1: I think well, I think I'm thinking of just like when he recorded <laughs> himself in that parking garage. Um, doing a freestyle about how much he hates Donald Trump like okay. I'm thinking it could get political like
0: he might be a little too honest for the mic yeah
1: I'm thinking it could get political in a way that would maybe be exciting to me and maybe yeah. not so exciting to other people well
0: I'm looking but. forward to to a surprise yeah I hope he has one in store but I also hope it doesn't lead to, like, national strife and division. because
1: Absolutely. I'm right.
0: tired. <laughs> right.
1: I want it to – I think it would be really cool if there was – especially with Kenrick involved, who mm-hmm. has been known to speak up about stuff. Um, I think it would be cool to see some something. And I feel like there probably will be some gesture of, I don't know, you know, activism. Nothing, maybe not anything Oh, I'm huge, sure. But I think, I think it'll be cool. Um, I think it's going to be a very – nostalgic super bowl for people of a certain age mm-hmm. um which is always fun but yeah i i love the surprises too i think like the Katy perry show i remember <laughs> like okay guys don't judge me too hard on this but the Katy perry show i was like okay this is fun because it's a super bowl and i don't i didn't have to work the next day mm-hmm. i was drinking a lot of wine i think <laughs> and maybe like fireball i don't even know but missy elliott came out right during that show and I got so excited that I threw up like on the floor like I just screamed like I screamed and then I vomited like it was it was so embarrassing but luckily it was like my family oh my god but like that's how excited I was to see Missy Elliott I couldn't believe it I was like this is the best thing that's ever happened to me
0: um all that I remember from that particular show was the shark the dancing shark oh Yeah. yeah
1: I think yeah I do think the thing I do, like I have really soured on the NFL. Um, I used to be so into it. I used, or just at least like the, the pads I was, I like to watch sports like in general. And I used to get really into it when I was younger. Um, And now I've, I have, like I said, I've really soured on the NFL and I'm at the point too, where like even just something I cared about, like I think about how much I cared about the new England Patriots, like seven years ago. And now I'm just like, Oh, they lost. Like I don't even know who plays on the team anymore. But lost It's Lester. Yeah, but it is the entire event. I think can be really fun. People get together. Um, we watch the halftime show. There's all the commercials. We have some snacks. Like it's a fun. It's and and there's always like something to talk about. The left shark, you know.
0: So on the commercial note, they have released some little teasers for a bunch of what are meant to be like the big event commercials. Yeah. I was hoping to redo the synopses, yeah. and then I thought maybe we could each pick one that we think will the be a most winner, exciting. and then maybe one that we think will be a dud. Sounds so. good. Okay. Pringles. Someone help, I got my hand stuck in a Pringles can is a tweet that comes across the screen, and then you get a bunch of different individuals with their hands stuck in Pringle cans.
1: So it's going to be famous people.
0: I would assume so. Who would so like, you like to see the most?
1: Honestly, the first thing that popped into my head was Melissa McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Because I love, I love her so much.
0: Mm-hmm. The funniest person I can think of. She played Suki on um, Gilmore Girls and her, like, connection with food and their connection with snacks always resonates yes. with
1: me. I just think – I'm just imagining her getting really angry about it, you
0: know? <laughs> Who would
1: you like to see with your with their hands stuck in a, oh <laughs> a Pringles
0: can? I would like to see – Someone from Euphoria with like really uh, spacey makeup or whatever, taking themselves really seriously in a dramatic moment. And then you just look down on their hand and stuff. I think that would be something like funny that. Funny and delightful. Okay. Kia. They have an adorable robotic dog. And like when I say adorable, it actually made my heart melt a little bit. Yes. It kind of reminded me of Baby Yoda or Baby Peanut. <laughs> um, Baby Peanut. I <laughs> forgot about that saga. It's something about the big eyes. I swear they must have an algorithm to like make you go.
1: oh, Baby Groot.
0: Yes, baby yes.
1: started the whole thing, I think, right? That was even before Baby Yoda. I have looked at Baby Yoda on so many occasions and thought, wow, I've never seen a baby that cute. A human baby.
0: I'm tempted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I don't think I have. <laughs> I'm tempted by Budweiser because I know it's a sure thing, but yes. I want to go outside the box. So I'm not going to pick this one. But they again, once again, have a real dog and a Clydesdale running toward each other in slow motion. Yeah,
1: that's fun. Classic. Honestly. Was not Budweiser? Wait, who did the who did what? Up?
0: Budweiser. What up?
1: Yeah, that's my favorite Budweiser. I've get the get me the Clydesdales doing what? <laughs> like that's what I want. Then it would be a for sure winner. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> Don't mess with the sanctity my of my Clydesdales. <laughs>
1: that was a Budweiser,
0: right? <laughs> All right, Nissan. Eugene Levy. Yep, love. winner. Uh, it's like a fake Fast and the Furious movie Even that's better. called Thrill Driver, and he has these long, flowing locks. I thought uh, you might like that one. I
1: absolutely do. I like so many elements of it. Um, as you know, I am a Fast and Furious fan. I'm a member of I'm a member of La Familia, um, so that that could be a lot of fun. I think that I would be more excited for that if I if if I knew that Catherine O'Hara was also going to be there.
0: Oh yes. <laughs> True, a Schitt's Creek reunion. Just
1: the next level, you know?
0: Okay, I got two more for you. Lay's Potato Chips, they have Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd, and they're like making a meta commentary about how stupid commercials are in a commercial.
1: I would enjoy that. That's one of those things that on paper sounds like kind of dull, but in practice is probably very funny and entertaining.
0: I mean, those two men are quite funny. Yeah, and
1: just like charming.
0: Right. Yeah, I some people dislike Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. Ooh. He's just so lovable. Um, the I listened to this podcast on The Ringer <laughs> called Tea Time, oh, and Liz, what? Liz Kelly has like a real aversion to Paul Rudd, and it's a running joke. And I'm always like, he's just such a charming. I have
1: never heard that before in my life.
0: Maybe she's a stamina. I'm genuinely. You're gonna have surprise. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I just thought everyone at least as a baseline felt like neutral. Sort of affection towards him,
0: yeah. Wow, America's sweetheart, Paul Rudd. Mm. Right. Saved man alive. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, that's probably why she was talking about him. <laughs> that's recently. right. Okay, Irish Spring soap. A middle-aged man washes ashore in a land that's populated by all these white-clad—I call them culty-looking—like zillennials who are, you know, like washing their laundry in this river, and he's just kind of like a floppy man on a raft and he's like where am i
1: oh i was intrigued that one's intriguing just because of the like the fun cultiness of it like mm-hmm. what is gonna be what's this it's it reminds me of the ending of um don't look up i know they were all nude. yes
0: it's spoiler alert but like
1: i know they were all nude at the end but it's like that that's what i'm like picturing <laughs> oh, just with like younger very people.
0: similar vibe yeah. um
1: those also fun of these options honestly I don't know. Probably, probably Eugene Levy. I like the idea of the Pringles one, not because I think it sounds like a brilliant idea, but just because I love surprises. Mm-hmm. And, you and don't so know I'm who. just like, who's it gonna be? Yeah, I'm looking forward to. Apparently, there's a BMW commercial in which Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Zeus. What? I didn't read that one. That's yeah. So like, that's winner winner. <laughs> okay. For me. That works for me. I'm going to I'm
0: sticking with Irish Spring Soap and the culty cult leaders. The mystery of it. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, like, what is going on
0: here? The biggest dud. You know, I'm going to say, even though this dog melted my heart in the three second trailer, I think people are kind of over the Baby Yoda yeah. thing.
1: Or it's not even that they're over. It's like people will get excited about it, but it's going to be it's fleeting. Yes. because we're just like, OK, and especially after Baby Peanut.
0: Mm -hmm. if you guys don't
1: remember they killed mr peanut he died there was a commercial of his funeral or like if that was the preview right and then so if in case you forgot that was such a weird thing but that peanut was pretty cute but i think yeah i think people are not like like i don't think people dislike it i just think it's kind of like okay yeah like you're just doing this thing that
0: is a thing now (laughs) the other bit of nfl comedy I saw this weekend was on SNL. I watched um, Peyton Manning on weekend update. It was was so, it really him?
1: It was very funny. I yes. kind of so behind on my SNL. I really need to watch.
0: <laughs> they asked him for a play by play. I can't remember if they asked about Tom Brady's retirement, good riddance. I don't know. Yeah. But they also they wanted a play by play because I guess there were such amazing games over the last yeah, couple were, of weeks. Yeah. Yep. And if my husband's cheering from the next room was any indication, they were all very exciting. But Peyton Manning just keeps talking about how he couldn't pull himself away from Emily in Paris. So he didn't actually get to see any of the games. And he goes through the plot of Emily in Paris with such specificity and accuracy as if it's a football game. And it's like, it's funny at first, right? And then they cut away and they come back to him and he's still going, but he's wearing a beret. And it just... Oh, I love that. I didn't think Peyton Manning had it in him. You know, I will say anytime he's been on Saturday Live,
1: it has been a success. He has this weird thing where like in commercials, he sounds like he's bad. He's like not a good actor, mm-hmm. but he he does. He has like some weird sense of like, even if it's not even if the delivery's not quite right, he kind of gets like the timing. That
0: was it. He was really yeah. flat, but the timing yeah. was so well delivered. It was yeah, I laughed. Thing, hard.
1: He did a sketch a lot, like years and years ago. I think it was the first time he was ever on SNL. If you, I don't like Peyton Manning to be clear. I think his family sucks. Um, they're like boring. I don't know. Anyways, but he did a sketch where he it, he played himself in the sketch, and it was like a it was like an ad. It's like one of those long like fundraising ads for like the United Way, mm-hmm. and it's him in this ad, being like you can volunteer look at all this great stuff the united way does and he's super mean to the kids and it's so funny because it's just like wait you're like you know obviously clearly like that's the irony of it but it is funny because he is that's how he is he's so deadpan it's yeah it's and i think people that's one of those ones people still talk about that too because it was just so silly well we're
0: about a week away now from the super bowl i don't have plans yet i'm sure we'll all do something yes something involving a lot of snacks Next but shooting. I do have an outfit. I'm sporting it for you right now. It's really, really, really nice. It's the most <laughs> comfortable jumpsuit. Uh, Where well, no, is it from? The most comfortable piece of clothing I've ever owned. It's a company called Cool, like K U L E, and it's just cool. Yeah, I look kind of like a ninja turtle. A little bit, but that's only the color. Yeah, it's like this beautiful green color. But yeah, it's so soft. But the way
1: it falls is a little turtly. Oh, I love it. Uh, It is very soft.
0: I plan to be very comfortable for the game.
1: Yeah, I don't see any reason to wear like actual, like real pants for the Super Bowl. No,
0: you got to have that elastic band. Yeah. Like,
1: unless you're watching like in your office, like, (laughs) I don't know, like as, as part of your job, unless you are like Al Michaels or whoever, <laughs> Joe Buck. I don't know who they let do the Super Bowl these days. But um, yeah, I think comfort is key. I think like for me, honestly, and I know – so I remember when I was a kid thinking that the Super Bowl was on so late. Mm-hmm. And it lasts a long time, but it starts at 6.30. Mm-hmm. But like now that I'm a little older, I also am like, oh, I don't really need to just like drink the whole game, right? Like, I sort of feel like after the
0: Missy Elliott incident, after the incident. Right.
1: <laughs> I think that might be the same Super Bowl. If I'm correct, that might be the same Super Bowl that the Pats won in that last minute with the Malcolm Butler catch. Yeah, or maybe it's a different but it's not. I think it was that one. And that was also an occasion where I received a package like two weeks later that had my like Super Bowl champions t-shirt in it that I had like ordered on the <laughs> Internet.
0: Like what? This is this is who I used to be. Oh my god. Um, well, I'm still in my dry season, so we'll see how uh, how many snacks I can go for. But buffalo chicken dip, yeah, I'm always a fan of just like a basic. Oh, totally, lots of chips. We
1: do um in my family. I guess this is not just a Super Bowl thing, but just like a general we the crabby snacks where you take an English muffin and you mix like imitation crab meat up with like cheese and butter, and they just bake it. If you are like my family, there's like not a lot of crab in it. It is mostly cheese and butter on <laughs> an English muffin. But that's always like a Super bowl snack in my
0: brain. Mm-hmm. I love a kielbasa. Oh, so good. Just think of things my grandma used yeah. to make. Anything with <laughs> melted cheese on there. Yes. And you need a little something sweet too. And I know it is um, the Bengals. So I was thinking when I was in college, everyone from Ohio would make these things called Buckeyes. They were like peanut butter and chocolate. And I was not a Bengals fan, but whenever there was a game, I'd go over to their apartments because I'd be like, oh, it's, it's, I think they're called bullseyes or uh, whatever it was.
1: They're probably called Buckeyes because that's uh, Ohio State Buckeyes.
0: I was like, oh, it's a Buckeye night and I would go get treats. (laughs) So yeah, I think I'm going to try to make those. Yes. But speaking of the elastic waistband too, on a lighter note in regards to the Brian Flores case, the only other piece of inside info I have from an unnamed source (laughs) at the courthouse is that the judge trying the case wears spandex under her robe you know none of this awesome and taylor bullshit no suit and tie under there she believes in practicality and comfort and for that i applaud her and she has a uniform so technically she can wear anything she wants under it right wouldn't
1: you yeah (sighs) absolutely
0: well i have been sarah i've been molly and this is Poppet sports